the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Coming up, Chad O. Jackson, a major part of Uncle Tom 2, a fabulous film that if you haven't seen, well, after you listen to Chad, you're going to want to. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, welcome to Sideline Sanity. Michelle Tafoya with you. And I want to talk again. I spoke to Larry Elder about the wonderful film Uncle Tom 2. And today we have Chad O. Jackson with us, also a major part of this film. And Chad, for our viewers that haven't seen it yet, just brief us on how you became involved with this picture. Sure. I mean, it's it's not a a very sexy story by any means, but, you know, I was just a, a small business owner in Dallas, Texas, which happens to be the same area that the film director, Justin Malone is from. And somehow or another, he heard about my involvement in the local Republican party there and was seeking to, you know, find people who he can interview for this documentary idea that he had. And he called me and asked me if I'd be interested in sitting down and just talking about my conservatism I did. Uh, Justin was unable to take that footage to Larry Elder. Um, Larry Elder loved it. He decided to become an executive producer for the for the project. And Larry was then able to connect Justin to all these other more prominent uh, black conservatives. And they were able to make Uncle Tom. It was a phenomenal film with great success. And um, after the success of that, Justin asked me if I'd be interested in coming on board as a, as a writer and co-producer for a sequel. Uh, Cause Larry had a, a big idea for a sequel and I was more than happy to, to do that. I'm a researcher by nature. If something interests me, then I'm going to uh, do a lot of research and try to, you know, get to the bottom of it. And so it was just a natural fit. So yeah, here I am. It, it, it's uh, I'll, I saw both films and I, I thought uncle Tom too was just another level it was so well done and so engaging. And I, it was like a good book that you can't put down. I I was, I was amazed and your role in it is significant. It's interesting that we talk about this term black conservatives. And I feel as though, and, and I was just looking at your Twitter, which is Chad O Jackson at Chad O Jackson for people who want to follow. And here's a tweet you wrote just a couple days ago. The reason I speak out so adamantly against those in the media who have industrialized the business of race baiting is because what they're doing is an embarrassment and an affront to me 
As a black man, I will not sit idly by while others use my image as ammunition for socialism. When did, you know, I, 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 it, it seems like <laughs> I have to ask the question, when did you realize you were conservative? Because it seems as though, and maybe I'm wrong, Chatting, please slap me, correct me if I'm wrong on this. It, it seems as though so many blacks in America feel that they are just born into the Democrat party. And so it, it, and then many of you who are admittedly conservative, get hounded for it, get criticized, get, get pummeled. And so I, yeah. I just want to know what your evolution was. Well, I mean, that's precisely the reason why uncle Tom two is such a bold film is because we dare to go there. We dare to uh, set aside the traditional talking points and rhetoric of you know, this conversation around how is it that black people who are traditionally conservative are voting in mass for Democrats? I haven't seen anything uh, come as close as Uncle Tom, too, in the way of, you know, cinematography that right. answers that question. Um, the reason why we have historically been prevented from answering that question um, in the social sciences and the public square, so on and so forth, is because we have too many sacred cows. And so we were determined uh, and the making of Uncle Tom too, not to have sacred cows, to turn over the stones that traditionally we're told we can't turn over. Um, so for me, you know, my evolution, um, again, I, I was born and raised in a family that had conservative values. Uh, we were pretty apolitical for the most part. I didn't hear my parents talk a lot about Democrat or Republican, but, you know, it, it's, it, it comes to you as a young black American in a very inundative way. Uh, it's kind of a matter of fact kind of thing uh, in terms of the radio programs you listen to, the so-called you know race leaders that you have, um, the the books you read, and so on and so forth. It's a very pervasive thing that happens where uh, you just don't question. Yeah, of course I'm supposed to vote for Democrats, and so there's this kind of disconnect between how you know where the values are, uh, especially in the South. Uh, compared to how one votes if you're a black, a black person. So for me, um, when I was about uh, 19 or 20 years old and I'm unearthing all of this information, uh, exactly what you read in that tweet was what my sentiments were. I yeah. felt um, betrayed. I felt lied to. And when you feel like somebody has taken advantage of you, has taken advantage of your innocence, taking advantage of your uh, desire to be uh, looked at as equal, even though you already are equal, it's just all in your head, but you're told yeah. you're not equal. You're told that this country hates you. You're told that you need a race leader to make you feel like something. And so to come to the realization that all that was a lie uh, makes you want to go on a crusade to tell the truth and to wake people up. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's so interesting that you look at it as having been lied to and, and at, you know, at a very young age. Uh, my dog in the background feels very strongly <laughs> about this, as you can tell, Chad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jersey is very upset by all of this. Um, so it, it's, it's, I, it's astonishing that the notion that you, you felt you'd been lied to. And who did you think were the biggest liars? Well, uh, it, it's so deep, uh, down <laughs> the, the, the trail now to where you can't really put a singular finger on singular individuals because it, the lie has taken off to the extent where innocent people believe it and they go along with it and they build their worldview around it. They build their uh, activism around it. And so, again, that's why Uncle Tom 2 is so bold is because we go straight to the core. We go straight to the foundation. And um, that has a potentiality of deconstructing and unraveling um, careers, frankly. Um, yeah. We've had people, you know, PhDs write us emails uh, basically saying the same thing that I just told you, which is, you know, I feel like I've been lied to. Like I've went to school and studied this stuff. You know what I mean? I took Africana studies. And the fact of the matter is when it looks, when, when you look at people who in the black community, you're told are your heroes, you know what I mean? These are heroes that you didn't come to admire out of your own, you know, stumbling across a book and reading about these individuals and and listening to what they had to say and coming to your own conclusion that this is somebody worth emulating. It, it's not yeah. that at all. It's you are told who your heroes are. You know what I mean? If you ask any black uh, college educated person why W.E.B. Du Bois is important. Most of them won't be able to give you a solid answer because they don't know. They just know that their professors told him that he was somebody great. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, even when, when it comes to Martin Luther King, you know, people think that Martin Luther King, I had one person tell me that Martin Luther King, you know, freed the slaves. And this is a college educated person. Oh, Lord. Um, and so there's just so much confusion around, you know, what our history actually is. Yeah. And, um, it's because like we, you know, these people have been elevated to such a, a pedestal that you can't say anything uh, critical about them. And so, yeah. But you guys do. And <laughs> in Uncle Tom, too. I mean, I, one of the things I appreciated so much about it, because I am a history buff, was just some some of the unveiling of history I didn't know. And it's done beautifully. Like there's some footage and some photographs in here that that are revelatory i think they just they they make you go whoa and you know the storytelling I, you you mentioned you had phds email you and say they felt say they felt they had been lied to or are they say, saying that they watched this film and and sort of had an awakening is that what you're well, telling to me be, to be fair it was one phd who said he felt lied to but there have been others who you know because the thing about having a phd is is it comes with a great deal of pride and right. you feel like you're at the, the top of the food chain in terms of intellectualism. And so uh, far be it from them to admit, uh, to humble themselves and, and to admit that uh, everything that I've kind of built my career around is is 
not true. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but yeah, there, there have been people who have come to us, uh, in a very open and honest way and, and, and wanting to seek dialogue and, and understand better. Um, and so we have begun this kind of like, again, deconstruction process, uh, that is taking place in the lives of many. And so I'm, I'm very happy to see that. Taking place. I, I, you, sh- you should be. I'm happy to hear that because that's what this that's what this should all be about is conversation and dialogue and, and wanting to find the truth of the matter and not the feelings and the emotions and the, the hype around a certain belief system, but the truth. And and that's what's, again, a beautiful part of this. We're talking to Chad O. Jackson and when we come back from a quick break chat, I want to talk to you about maybe some of the other reaction that you've gotten that maybe hasn't been so positive because I'm sure that that's something you get on a, maybe a fairly regular basis back with chat after this. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I just am tired of inflation and I don't know if you are as bent out of shape about it as I am. I, I feel for everyone because it seems like we're all in some way feeling the pressure of inflation. There's gas prices, there's a war, there's supply chain issues. You could go on and on, right? You go to the grocery store and you're scratching your head thinking, I can't buy half of what I used to purchase. So that's the short-term stuff, but the long-term is important too. And you want to make long-term plays that are going to help your retirement and you know hedge against inflation. And that's where Legacy Precious Metals comes in. When I buy gold and silver, they're the only company I trust, Legacy Precious Metals. It's a good idea to call them and talk to them or download their investor's guide and just find out how you can work this into your portfolio, how you can work this into your IRA, your 401k, how little or much you want to invest. It's all really, those are good questions and they'll answer them for you. Here's the phone number, 866-528-528. 1903. 866-528-1903. You can speak to an IRA expert directly and get all those queries answered, or you can go to legacypminvestments.com to download their free investor's guide. And you want to do it ASAP. Remember 2008? People who invested in gold saw huge gains and others lost their retirements. You want to see huge gains. Go to legacypminvestments.com, legacypminvestments.com. So, Chad, you mentioned that there are some people who have been humble enough to admit that, wow, what you present in Uncle Tom 2 is stuff I didn't know. And maybe I've been misled. What about the other side? How much blowback have you gotten because of this film in terms of, hey, you don't represent me. Hey, this is this is a Pollyanna. Look, you are an Uncle Tom, that kind of thing. Uh, surprisingly, not a whole lot. Um we haven't gotten a whole lot. The thing is, with the film and the interviews that I have been in and Larry has been in, you know, promoting the film. Uh, fortunately, we've been able to kind of make our case in a very understandable, very palatable way that it's it's difficult to refute. And so it's very obvious to a spectator um, to watch that interaction and determine that, okay, Larry and Chad are laying down facts, whereas their adversaries are, you know, um, lowering themselves to just name calling and pejoratives. Yeah. And so 
Um, and so obviously Larry and I, we have the upper hand uh, in those exchanges. And so um, there hasn't been a whole lot of that. Uh, I will say that I have been surprised by some conservatives, though, because we have gotten some comments from people who said that, you know, uh, why is it that your film is, is you know, costs money, whereas, you know, films on PBS that are offering a different narrative are free? And I have to explain to them, well, um, the PBS films aren't free at all. Uh, in fact, <laughs> there's nothing free. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and in fact, uh, those PBS films are paid for in part by your tax dollars. Uh, the rest of the uh-huh. money comes from, you know, uh, their viewers, uh, as well as wealthy donors who who bestow these large endowments on PBS. And the reason they do that, uh, you know, and, and I'm talking, of course, about the, the the donors, like the private donors. The reason they yeah. do that is because they believe in their narrative. They believe in their ideology. And they want to shape public opinion and fashion it after their own ideology. And so they're investing in their narrative. And the question I throw at conservatives is, are we willing to invest in our narrative? Are we willing yeah. to uh, to impart our knowledge to the larger society in the public square? Because the fact of the matter is we, you know, our children will inherit this country. The, the question is, what America will they inherit if we're not willing to support uh, you know, films like 2000 Mills, like, uh, you know, Uncle Tom 2, like, you know, some of the other films that are coming down the pipeline. If we're not willing to right. support those films, if we're not, then we're not willing to support the narrative. And all we're going to do is complain about it. And so, and so, yeah, it, it's been surprising to me that uh, some of the pushback has come from our own side more than the left. So. Yeah, that, that is interesting. I, I listen, I, I have gladly gifted this film to a bunch of friends because it's important. It's, it's important to get alternative viewpoints and, and, and to, again, to watch this film unfold and to see the facts come to light is, is so it's almost, you know, I don't want to go overboard here, but it was pretty cool. It was watching. It was pretty cool, Chad, and you should be so proud. One of the things that you said right from the get go caught my attention. You said my parents, plural. And, you know, I've had Tony Dungy and other guests on who've talked about how critical it is to have a two-parent household, and particularly he, he's a big believer in having a father in the home. How much do you think that influenced your life experience versus so many kids who are born into fatherless homes? Yeah, so that, that's a fantastic question. Uh, my my uh, upbringing in my household wasn't perfect by any means, but uh, the fact that I did have both my mother and my father in the home made a profound impact on the life of myself as well as my, my siblings. It was important as a boy in particular to see my father uh, go to work every day and to bust his butt. Um, it was it was interesting to see him kind of transition from a nine to five job that he had in his profession to then go and start his own small business with that same profession. Uh, that obviously uh, sent a message to me that anybody can start a business. I remember as a uh, a fifth grade student, um, I was the only person um, in my family who was good on computers and my dad would have me draft up invoices for his small business and I was a fifth grader. And so, yeah, it was just interesting to kind of see the dynamic of a man and a woman uh, in the house raising up a family. 
um, yeah. regardless of how you know dysfunctional we were as a family, that was important to have that unit. And so that made a profound impact on me. We talk in Uncle Tom too about the demoralization of America because what communists understood is that they couldn't um, they couldn't infiltrate America from outside. They had to do so from within. And so um, what what had happened was you had these folks come over from the Frankfurt School and they established themselves as university professors. Uh, they were able to uh, impart their ideology, their Marxist ideology into the minds of their students. Uh, those students then went on to establish themselves in various industries, uh, institutions, journalism, education, corporate America, so on and so forth. Um, and it's from that uh, worldview that you get people like Sololinsky, uh, like Howard Zinn, like Eric Mann, who is the father of, of Black Lives Matter, which is you know another thing we talk about in the film. And so what they were able to do was to demoralize not only Black America, but America at large. Uh, when you look at the youth generation in the 60s, you had second wave feminism, who were a bunch of young women. You had the Weather Underground, which was a, a Marxist you know, college revolutionary group. You had SNCC. Uh, you had the, the student uh, wing of the of Martin Luther King SCLC. What all of these groups had in common, these, these student groups, is that they were uh, very adamant about a fast-paced revolution. That's what they wanted. Uh, of course, it didn't work out that way. They uh, didn't get their fast-paced revolution, but, th but they were able to establish themselves into the institutions and to bring about this kind of gradual demoralization of society and culture to the point where we are today. So what those students were doing in the 60s is that they were rebelling against the adult generation of their day. And so, and so the reason I bring up demoralization to tie it back into your question about having a mother and father in the home is that one of the things that they were able to kind of slide in was the, this notion that, okay, your parents are all about family. They're all about having kids. It's this very family oriented society. What you must do is become a society that indulges in self. It's all about you. You have to keep in mind, Roe v. Wade was passed or was decided on in 1973. So this is kind of at the peak of this kind of demoralization thing that was happening um, by the baby boomers, the young baby boomers in that generation. And so as we became a more self-indulging society, uh, that did take an, uh, a toll on manhood, particularly black manhood. So a lot of people like to blame the LG, LBJ policies. And, and, and I, too, I stand there with them blaming those policies. They had a very detrimental impact on on the black community. But the demoralization thing is something that we never talk about because it's something that we don't think to talk about. Our social scientists don't talk about it. They don't focus on culture. They focus on systems. It's all about the system. When in reality, no, it's about values. They're able to take away our values. And that had an impact on manhood and it had an impact on womanhood. And so to the extent that you don't have a mother and a father in a home, you can't, you can't have a mother and a father of, in the home if they don't have the proper values. Now, thankfully, my dad was born in Arkansas in 1963. Uh, his parents weren't, um, they weren't too in, intrigued with the whole civil rights movement. And they were able to raise him up with the same values that come from that same school of thought that Booker T. Washington was talking about in the early 1900s. The same is true of my mother. And so 
they were able to uh, have some remnants of those values to the extent that they imparted them to us as we were growing up. But my concern uh, to wrap this up is that uh, as we march on in time, those values are becoming less and less and less. And it's up to us as people who love this country, as people who love our God, uh, to have a renaissance of values if we're going to save this country. Couldn't agree with you more. And uh, I, I had a startled reaction during your answer because what people didn't see was my dog barked really loud right in my ear. And I had, fortunately, I had my microphone off, so you didn't hear it. But I didn't want people to think I was like freaking out over here. But I did because because the dog, Chad, the dog, <laughs> um, he's very self-centered. He's very, you know, he, he doesn't see the big picture of America. It's all about him. Yeah. Um, but I think what you raised there is a massively important point about people. It's the self-centeredness, the, the, the selfie generation, the it's all about me and not seeing themselves as part of a bigger picture of part of something bigger than themselves. You know, we just had the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And to me, what made her unique and why people respected her so much she did not make it about her. She was there simply for duty and she didn't ask to be there. Her dad was supposed to be the king and even he wasn't supposed to be the king. Then her dad dies and she just, she fell into this and as a young woman took it on and, and did what she had to do because she saw it as part of the greater good. And I only bring that up because it's a current event that we're looking at and I see it and I see this commitment to her country and to you know, Great Britain. And, and I, I see that as something that is dissolving a little bit here in America. And I'm afraid like you are, that it the dissolution of that of that vision that there is something bigger than just one person. It's not just about an individual. And that's not to say that, you know, I, that's not to take away people's individualism. But it's also to know that you're part of something bigger. And, yeah. and, and this country, you mentioned Booker T. Washington. He's right there over, over my shoulder. He's one of my heroes. And I, I'm just afraid his book isn't taught very much anymore that people don't understand how he came to his position. And there's just so much there. I, I'm, I'm so glad that this film is out. And I'm so glad you took some time to talk to us, Chad, because all of this stuff is really, really important. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm grasping onto these values tightly. And I, and I hope more people come around to that. I just don't know how you do it, but a film like this, I think helps people start. Mm -hmm. And, and I hope you're feeling some of that traction. Are you sensing, you mentioned earlier, some of the emails you're getting, are you sensing that your movement is growing? I am. Um, and I feel like it's only going to grow all the stronger as more and more people tell one another about the film as they share it with friends and family. Um, to the extent that people are leaving reviews uh, or sending us emails, wow. it's all very, very positive. And one of the things that I'm seeing uh, a pattern is, you know, this subject matter should be taught in schools because people understand that the narrative that we're pushing, um, which is as true as it can be uh, with regard to what, life was like truly for black people in the South. Uh, the fact that, I mean, we literally found footage, hours and hours of footage of black people having 4th of July parades 
throughout the you know it's, it's early to mid 1900s. Stuff. Um, it's, so these, it's beautiful yeah. to look at. Mm-hmm. So these are people who love their country and who are utilizing uh, the uh, opportunities uh, that are here uh, in this country. Uh, America is the most mobile society uh, in the world, and we prove we've proven that. But what we've allowed to happen over the course of the past 60 years is this kind of Howard Zinn-esque thing where we've taken a very critical approach, even going to the extent of negatively revising history or focusing on Mm -hmm. uh, these exacerbated uh, components of history so as to frame a narrative and so as to turn uh, American youth against uh, the values that have made this country great to begin with. And so, yes, I do sense that people are, are recognizing that, that they're figuring that out. My hope is that uh, young artists would watch the film and that they would resolve to uh, to to do the same thing in their own spaces of creativity. And so, you know, I, I do suspect that a renaissance of values is forthcoming. Oh, I, I, I hope you're right, Chad. I really do. And count me as a fan of the films, of the sediments, of the truth, of the artistry, of the message, of the narrative, which is based on so many things that are not being taught today and should be. I, you know, I, I don't know why people would choose fear over hope, why they would choose to tell people you're, you're hopeless when they're not. I don't understand that way of thinking, but you're right. It's very much based on this. We've got to divide America from the inside out because we're not going to do it from the outside in. And, and to the extent that we let that succeed, shame on us. So kudos to you and your whole family and this, this tremendous film for, for trying to, 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 to reframe the narrative with some truth, with some fact and with a lot of hope. I appreciate you so much, Chad. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. He is Chad O. Jackson. I'm Michelle Tafoya. This has been Sideline Sanity. Be brave, do good, and please watch Uncle Tom too. Well, Sideline Sanity, we are very proud to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals, and we're joined by Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, we are hearing now that this is not transitional inflation. This is not a bump in the road. This inflation is going to be here a while. What does that that tell you? You know, that's the scary thing. Um, I think, you know, economies and and, and such like that, they can deal with small jars. We have a, a unique situation. We had a Fed that waited much too long to react to the situation calling inflation transitory for a year when everyone knew it wasn't. But more importantly than that, coming out now saying, this is going to be here. This is long-term. This is not short-term. We're going to have elevated rates for the long-term. And, and why that gets really scary is that means the cost of doing business is going to be elevated for years, which means the cost of goods are going to be elevated for years, which means if companies can't make enough money, they will go out of business. This is why we, we hear some of your bigger companies are already talking about layoffs. So it, it's a unique situation. The Fed found themselves in, in a very bad place and they act, reacted way too slow. And this is why we're at where we're at. So if I'm an investor, then what's 
why do I want gold and silver in my portfolio? What what will that do for me? You know, that, that's a great question. And that's a question we get a lot. And, and really what gold and silver do, um, they act as the hedge against the dollar weakness. They act as a hedge against the other markets. And we know that the Dow and, and all of your markets, all your indices are, are, are pulling back, right? That's not the issue. It's not what's already happened. It's what's yet to come. And that's where we, we need to prepare. So depending on who you listen to and, and the research that you do, you know, there are case studies of saying expect to see another 25, 20 to 25% pullback in your equities markets based on interest rates and loans and, and the bond markets they're suffering as well. No one's going out to buy bonds knowing that they're going to be um, an increased return on them in three months. It makes no sense. So that leaves you in a position of what to do with your money and how to protect yourself. This is where gold and silver come in. This is why we say this is a long-term play. You buy it, you forget about it, let it do its, its job. And its job is to go up over time as the dollar gets weaker, as the purchasing power gets less, gold and silver increase. It protects that purchasing power. And that's the great thing about it. And there's your bottom line and why you need to call Legacy Precious Metals or go download their investor's guide at LegacyPreciousMetals.com. Charles, it's always good to talk to you because these are nerve-wracking times for people. You know, it, it's just the fact of the matter is, as we were told by the, the Fed chair, there's going to be some pain. So if people know that they've got something solid sitting in their investment portfolio, I think they're going to feel a little bit better, right? Absolutely. And, and we, you know, when we look at the actions that have happened just recently, I mean, the Fed has taken a very unique stance and they've done something very um, extraordinary. Three quarters of a basis points raises months in a row. That's one of the largest raises you've ever seen in the Fed through the history of the Fed. And it's not just once. One time is shocking. Here we are on the third month now. And we'll probably do another half a, half a basis point next month or, or later this month, possibly even three quarters of a point. So when you look at that and you say that number is going to grow to where the Fed interest rates will be about 5%, unheard of. That means the interest rate to you and I, if that's what banks pay to borrow money, we're going to see, you know, credit cards will probably be over 28, 30% again. You're going to see home loans coming in 9, 10, possibly even 11%. And it's it's a scary time. And this is why we say, okay, know that it's coming. Don't be afraid. You You now are aware. So now you can protect yourself. And that's what we help people do. Don't be afraid. Prepare. Just prepare yourself. And like I say every day, I trust Legacy Precious Metals when it comes to investing in gold and silver. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles and his group can answer any and all of your questions. Charles, thank you so much. My pleasure as always. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.